Hey, and welcome to the Seats to Streets podcast, a conversation centered around adding a voice and practical tools through your earbuds on the subject of missions in the established church. Many pastors and pastoral staff want to do more in the area of local and global missions, but feel overwhelmed at where to start and how. Listen in and learn key practices and new perspectives from missionaries and ministers working to move people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Seats to Streets podcast, where everything that we do and talk about hopes to equip you with the tools and resources to move your people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets. Uh, if you've uh, first time listening, my name is J.R. Horn. I'm your host, and across the lens for me today is the ever popular, oh-so guru of barbecue, Brian Gorman. And uh, popular. ever popular, I, we don't. I mean, we, it, it's fam- you know, if you, you're so famous, you're infamous at times, infamous. is what is what I've heard. So, uh, I you have, bro, you have got to stop sending me your barbecue pictures. I'm, oh yeah, I'm 500 miles away again. now. I can't, nope. I can't do this. Nope, happening again this weekend too. Uh, doing a doing a pork shoulder. Uh, gonna do a smoked pork shoulder. Got some more uh, beef. Um, Plate ribs going to go on, which is like brisket on a stick. Stop it. And then uh, I made my own bacon a while back, so I'm going to kind of season that up and turn that into like a pork belly appetizer. Uh, and then, uh, and then, oh, yeah, we're going to do a chicken. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, just the minor chicken. stuff. Eh, we're going to do a chicken. Eh. So, well, there's going to be some people. So, like, I'm, I, and that's for one. Like, that's us, and we're inviting one family over. But if we're going to go, you, make it happen, baby. You, you've got a big family, though. That's the. I, I do. Family of six. And then this, and the family that's coming over is a family of four. I'm especially excited because two of the people that are going to be there are going to be vegetarian. So that means more beef oh, for me. Just to, just to, just to see them watch. Right. And cringe. Right. You, 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 you eat your broccoli, you. That's exactly <laughs> it. But yeah, I bought, I actually bought a new, uh, a new, pellet grill i always said i'd never buy a pellet grill and i broke uh, down i've heard you say that yeah well our oven has been on the fritz now like we ordered it back in january it is currently the end of april and there is no delivery date in sight what and so yeah that's that's a whole different situation are, you're talking like way, your oven or the stove like, top yeah, or like our oven yeah like the you oven can't make a casserole can't make biscuits can't nope we've been using we've been feeding a family of six with an instant pot and an air fryer and so man that's a new rea- a, that's a new reality show right there it's been you a need challenge. To, you need so to pitch that one. They brought us a loner, but in the meantime, I'm like, I need a way to cook. And so Costco had uh, one of their pellet grills on sale at a great price. And so I bought that, which I really personally love for, I, I don't use it for smoking anything. I'll use my Kamado for that. But um, so I'll cook it over my Kamado grill and get the smoke in it up to about smoke temperature around 140 to 160. And then I throw it over on the uh, pellet grill to basically use as an outdoor oven to finish it off. So it's been great. Brian, what, what people don't know and they can't see you, which soon you'll be able to see us. We're going to actually move this podcast to a YouTube format. It'll still be here coming through your earbuds, but there's, we're going to, we're going to add a video element to this in the coming months to be able to be more interactive. But Brian, what people don't know is you're wearing a shirt that says kind of fit, kind of fat. Heck yeah. I'm the fittest <laughs> fat man you know. <laughs> it's it's literally a, a picture of uh, half of a uh half of a, a like an Olympic barbell weight and then half of a donut where it looks like Homer Simpson took a big bite out of it. That's the logo for kind of fit, kind of fat. Check it out. It's actually a pretty cool company. But yeah. 
Brian, today we want to keep talking about this conversation that we've been having of becoming a laser-focused church, right? We've had the conversations and how many churches have we gone in and talked to? And there's this trepidation. There is this fear of becoming focused or too focused that, that we may miss something or maybe we'll, we'll, we're going to move to where um, we've got everything so planned out that the Holy Spirit doesn't have room to act. And, and, <laughs> and we, right. really, we really don't think that that is what focused looks like or, or laser focused looks like. And last time we, t- we, we took step one, which was move to clarity. And today we want to talk about how do we, how do we get that clarity phrase, right? You've churches have created mission statements and vision statements, and it's a phrase that is approachable. It's pocketable. Uh, it's transportable that it goes with them. They know them, right? So the, the church that I attend, the, our key phrase is we want to be real people rooted in Jesus, it, that's simple. People can understand that, but it takes so much to get to that. It, it's yeah. not something that comes up overnight. Yeah, we actually have a. I mean, admit as a church, we actually have a lot of these phrases, which is good. Um, and every church really does. You have your cultural statements that everybody can use to sort of understand the world that they're in. So it is not uncommon to hear people from our church talk about meet people where they are, move them closer to Jesus. Right. Uh, not uncommon to hear them talk about we want to be a place for everyone with that pause in the middle. That's that's key. And they talk about the people that they're trying to reach. They'll talk about, well, I have my one. They'll mm-hmm. talk about it in that context. Um, common to hear our people talk about it's a fallen and broken world because right. that's a phrase I use over and over in my teaching. So there are these cultural phrases that float out there um, some that people have done intentionally, some that they haven't. Like, but, but having a, for lack of a better term, a catchphrase right. really helps create culture and unity so that it doesn't feel like you're being hyper-focused. Mm-hmm. But what you are doing is you're given this kind of clarity. But admittedly, it takes, it takes time to get there. For our church, the reason why we use that phrase, meet people where they are, move them closer to Jesus, it's now like an official phrase of, of our church— but it wasn't for a long time. I just happened to say it in a handful of sermons at one point. We had a different uh, statement that we used. But I said this phrase a few times, and before long, people started repeating it back to me. Yes. And I went, okay, something something clicked there. And mm-hmm. so over a period of time, we just moved to it because the way you know you've got that focus and that clarity is people are just naturally using it in right. conversation. Right. And that takes time because once you're tired of saying the phrase— your your people actually get it, and they go, oh, I know what that means. I know what meet people where they are, move them closer to Jesus means now, or I know what real people rooted in Jesus means. So it takes time to get there. And we want to walk you through uh, three ways that, that we've seen of how you can get to that clarity f- phrase, how you can get that key phrase, that pocketable phrase. And Brian, this first one, you've got actually... Uh, hurts when it's used the wrong way, right? Both of them start with yes, but the second word is key. Yeah, there's a it's a, a trick out of improv, but the idea is you're sitting in your team meeting. You just got done with that clarity meeting. We talked about it the last one, and you're close. You're close. You're just not quite there. And so as you begin to really focus, something that's valuable to do is to ask some questions. And then when people give the answers, you want to be able to reply with some variation of yes and. Mm. So in an improv improvisational words go here. <laughs> it's a tough word. Improvisational comedy. That's kind of like rule number one, right? Because you want to keep the conversation going. You want mm-hmm. to keep the skit going. You don't say no. You go yes and. 
now that can be verbal or it can be implied, Mm -hmm. but it's taking what this person has said and then adding to it. However, what you often get from people is not yes and, you get yeah, but. And yeah, but is a no statement. That's a statement that you're wrong. Let's not even keep going down that path. The reality is you may have to pass a lot of scenery to get to your real defined statement, but that will happen as you go through yes and. Oh, I hear what you're saying. What if it was this? Oh, that's really great. How would this fit with it? Um, how would this go on? And you start asking some of these questions by by going with the story. It's also, I know this isn't the point of what we do, it's also a really valuable tool when you're talking to your kids mm-hmm. and when you're talking to your spouse, when you're like, how was your day? And they tell you about their day and they tell you about problems. Oh, man. And then what? Right? And you add to, you join them in the conversation. Yes, and is an extremely valuable tool to keep a conversation moving until you get to a true conclusion in the conversation where everybody goes, oh, that's right. Exactly. Because because that's what you're really looking for is a that's right mm-hmm. on the other side of it. Yeah. You'd be surprised. If you, uh, Pastor, if you walked into your next elders meeting, uh, if you walked into your staff meeting and you put a rule down to go, okay, no more yes buts. If you want to agree with someone and interject your thoughts, it must be yes and. And watch people struggle. It's really, <laughs> it's really uh, hard at times to, to do that. I mean, how many times have you been in a meeting and, and you've come in and you're super excited and you have got this idea that you feel like God has just, just placed on your brain because you woke up at 4 a.m. and it's, oh, I, oh, oh, this is what we're going to do. And then you get the person in your staff meeting, right? See, this is, I find myself in this place. I, I'm, I, I would see myself as more of an idea person or an excitement person or galvanizing as Patrick Lencioni's coming out with his geniuses right now, a galvanizing person is getting everyone ramped, like ramped up behind it. We're all going to do this. I'm going to storm this hill. And then you get the analytical person who we need so much in churches and they go, yeah, but that's going to cost a lot of money. And then all of a sudden (laughs) it's done. You're toast. It's right. tough. Yes, and does more to get you to your clarity phrase than yes, but will ever do. And that it really will help uh, clarify your leadership, too, because people will begin to look at you as an encourager yes. rather than a discourager. Even if their idea is really bad, you can move away from really bad by using yes, and mm-hmm. because they'll go, oh, that's better. We'll mm-hmm. take the better, and you can add to it that way. So it's a handy tool, and it gets you to more and more clarity to keep you moving down a path in order to get to clarity. But once right. you get moving down that path, there's a, another sort of tool or trick that you can use to add more clarity. JR, talk to us about that. So I, I, I'm i a visuals guy, right? I've, I've got to have, next to me is my Harley Davidson coffee mug filled with all my Expo dry erase markers because I've got to have a visual. I've got to draw a picture, paint a picture, write something out, multiple colors. Now, oftentimes when I go into churches to coach, I, I, I often ask, I need a TV to show the presentation on, and I need a whiteboard that we can collaborate around what this looks like. Because the next step when it comes to getting to your clarity phrase is you really have to paint the picture. You know, Bob Ross was famous for sitting back in his chair and he's stand, and we're standing by his easel and he's got this, I, I, uh, uh, you're going to find out real quick that I'm not a painter because I have no clue what that thing he holds. It's a 
piece of wood with, with paint all over it, right? Someone <laughs> someone is totally going to like just send me an email and be like, how do you not know what this thing is called? Anyway, he, he takes and he's like, let's put a little tree right here. Let's put a happy tree right here. And it's so calming. And, and, and just you just want Bob to paint uh, to you as you go to sleep at night. But what's brilliant is, is that you see the tree. You see what is what the vision looks like when we paint a picture for our people with our phrases with our with our visuals we are allowed to show them this is what i believe you're communicating to me am i close and then it allows them to go oh yes and i was thinking about this too see how it comes back into that brain mm -hmm. yeah when you're doing this, what you want to be able to do is see if you can tell a story that involves the names of real people. Right. So when you're going to talk about whatever your key passions as a church may be, whatever your focus for your missions team may be, you want to sit and ask, okay, well, so we're talking about, you know, little Johnny uh, being able to come into a if let's say foster care, little Johnny, you want to be able to come into a home here in in our church family and know that the moment they step into that home, that their immediate needs are provided for. And when they come to church for the first time, little Johnny is recognized and openly welcomed by all of their mm -hmm. uh, life group or, or teachers or leaders, whatever you may call them, right? So, oh yeah, man, that's what we want to do. Okay, how do we get to that? And you mm -hmm. can, that's where you can begin to the yes and and teach your team to yes and based upon you putting down, hey, here's our little sunset. Where are we going to put our first tree? And you begin to map those things out. But what it will also do is it will help you clarify what words you're going to use. Right. Because the words become so key, the words are what help you get to a, a more defined state so that everyone can start talking about happy little trees. And they all understand those happy little trees. They all understand little little Johnny. And for our church internally, this is not an external that we share with the congregation, this is internal, that we have a specific couple in mind by name. Um, they're an imaginary couple. We've made them up. But we have this imaginary couple that we've made up that uh, that we use to define kind of the demographic we're talking about, where they would be, who they would be around, what their kids would experience. And we oftentimes talk about what we're doing as a church through the lens of this fictional couple. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really helpful to say, oh, yes, this would fit for them or this wouldn't fit for them. Reason it's so key is it helps you think about the end user. So this goes all the way back to what we've talked about multiple times, right? The difference between... You know, serving your community versus meeting your community's needs. Right. Meeting your community's needs is going to be about the end user, which is a really, I know there's probably a more churchy way to say that, right? but it's the end user, not what I want to do, but what do they need? And when you can begin to paint this picture of what, how will the people that we're trying to reach use this, then you'll be able to go, oh, if you can clarify that, then when you share that with your congregation, it'll be so much easier for them to get it. And as you tell that story with some yes ands, you'll add the right coloring, you'll add the right elements to it, you'll really get to some more clarifying words. Yeah, I think when, when, when churches look at events or programs that didn't perform to the level of what they had hoped to perform, oftentimes it's out of the scope of who is in that picture or, or who that persona is. If you're going to geek out and look, in, look into personas, right? Who, 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 are, who is that fictional family that you guys use at your church? Well, if, if this event or if this uh, program flopped, it's probably because the people 
that uh, this fictional family would have would have chosen no to come to, but we didn't think through it that well. We didn't paint right. the picture to understand is this uh, you know you know so and so and going to bring their three kids to this? No, probably not. Well, if we would take time to think through those things, we'd probably save a whole lot of heartache when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so let's kind of back up and walk through this for a second. I'll show you kind of the one of the final pieces to put into play here. So you've had your first meeting, had your big clarity meeting. You kind of got some ideas, right. right? You now come into your next meeting with these ideas written up on the board, and you start talking about, hey, let's really dial this in. You've you've used some yes and to kind of go, oh, we want to go a little more this way, a little more this way, a little more this way. Once you're 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 really close now, from this point you begin to paint your picture. And then sort of the last tool you want to use is a tool called mirroring. Mm-hmm. So mirroring sometimes gets used as a phrase when you're talking about marital counseling or therapy. Hey, repeat the statement back to them. But mirroring is also a great way to get to clarity. What it simply is, is you find a word or phrase that someone else used, and you begin to repeat it back to them as sort of a question and let them clarify. The reason for it is it will really help be able to draw more out. So let's say your um, one of your passions, we'll go back to what we said a minute ago, is foster care, right? And somebody goes, oh, yeah, we really want to be concerned about foster care. Oh, foster care? And just let it sit in the silence for a moment. At that point, the other person will feel compelled to lean into that silence and go, yeah, yeah, really being able to work for, you know, care for the, the children who are being taken out of homes and uh, and what that means. So so the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the children, you know, we should probably be worried about the adults, too, if we're going to. Yeah, yes, and, right? We should, we're going to be worried about the kids. We should probably worry about the adults, too. Ooh, that's really, that's really great. W- what about the adults? Right? And we're just finding these words and mirroring them, setting them back out in front of people and telling them to look at it. It's also like using word association. So mm-hmm. let's say you get to a phrase that you think's really close. Now you can use that word association to go, hey, let's look at this for just a moment. We used this particular word, right? Meet people where they are. Move them closer to Jesus. Um, meet people where they are. What does that say to you? Right. And again, you let them kind of work through it. You just hold up the mirror in front of them. But by doing this, you'll begin to create a more collaborative environment. You'll move the conversation forward, and you'll get to more clarity. Now, Brian's a little dirty trick, so let's just be honest about Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. Careful. Don't worry. Um, this is a family-friendly podcast, by the way. If you're in a meeting and someone throws out an idea, and it's just it's just bad. Like, you know this is a horrible idea, but you don't want to use, yeah, but. Right. Okay. This same technique works by being able to say, yes, and, and then you add something to it that might make it worse. But um, you, you tell a story about it so they can kind of feel what it would really look like. But mirroring is one of the easiest ones to do because you get to pick the word you're mirroring, not them. Yeah, it's true. Right. So, so, Brian, we talked, about, we talked about what you were doing this weekend, right? Uh, right. So tell me, tell me again, what, what are the meats you're smoking this weekend? Well, we've got that uh, plate beef rib. We got the uh, pulled pork. We're gonna do some chicken and some homemade bacon. Huh? Plate plate ribs? Yeah, yeah. So if you've ever seen like a, if you know where brisket comes from, if you yourself were a cow, Jr. Uh, there's a. I'm just insulting people for the fun of it. Here we right? go. Kind of your the chest is basically where like a brisket would come from. 
basically the rib, uh, the plate rib, is the part that holds that on, which means you're getting brisket on a stick. So and brisket on a stick is a thing. It's, it is in my house. And so from there, right, so let's, so now you would sit there and paint that picture. You know, JR, have you, painting the picture actually was found in the, hey, on your own body, you kind of, yep. and people go, oh, well, I know where brisket's going to be. Mm-hmm. So within that same premise, you go, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely a thing. Have you, uh, you ever do much brisket there at your house? And see, I have some, I can turn it back to him. Mm-hmm. And he gets to go with that. And in doing so, you really spur on a great conversation. Great for small talk, great for working with your kids, great for dealing with your spouse, but really good for creating a sense of community and camaraderie mm-hmm. and clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how preacherly was that? Community, camaraderie, and clarity. Wow, within proud your of teams. you, Brian. I know. I had Look three points, you. and they all like had the same alliteration. <clears throat> and fancy. Oh, he's growing up, everyone. That ain't ever gonna happen again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, we we talk about these things because these are important to move your people to action. Right, So we want to become laser-focused. We want to have the target. We want to paint our people into the picture so they can see the vision come to life so that they can go and be disciples who make disciples. That's the call. We do all of this so that we can move our people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets. That's why we take the time to talk about becoming a laser-focused church. It's not because these are fun. Uh, they are fun. But the purpose is is to grow the kingdom and to see disciples who make disciples. So that's why we look and to say after a clarity meeting, getting the clarity, we want to come to that key phrase that we continue to point back to. We continue to point to that foundational phrase that says, this is why we are doing what we're doing. Is this? So then you you take that as a canon or a litmus test and you hold it up to what you are going to do or an event or a program and to say, will this meet people where they are and move them closer to Jesus? Will... So let me give you an example of how that might, and you can choose to cut this out if you're like, well, that's too long, but let me show you an example. So we've decided that we're going to start serving coffee again. You know, since COVID, right. we haven't been serving coffee. We decided we're going to start serving a coffee again. Simple. Great. Hey, we're going to serve coffee again. Well, well, what do we mean by that? And so mm-hmm. we start asking some, you know, yes and some, uh, you know, paint some pictures, right? And so it's, well, we want to have, we want to have some good hospitality. Yeah. But, but what does that look like? When someone comes into your house, what does hospitality look like? Well, when they come to the house, you know, we want to make sure that we'd offer them something to drink. Okay. Would you just put out a drink and tell them they're sitting over there if it's their first time? Or are you going to make sure you offer it to mm-hmm. them? Oh, well, we're probably going to offer it to them. Okay. Okay. That's really good. So when we offer it to them, what, what parts, if someone came to your house and got you coffee, what would you give them? And we began to get to clarity. So it's not just hospitality now, right? Hospitality is good. We want them to feel noticed. Right. And we started getting to some clarity. So are we going to serve coffee? Yes, but we are actually going to serve the coffee, right? We started mirroring the word Mm -hmm. serve to kind of figure this out. Oh, we're trying to help people feel noticed. And what does it look like when someone feels noticed? It looks like the person who's giving you the coffee knows your name and knows your preferences. So when you come back, they know that you knew them because everybody wants to be known. And so for us, that word noticed and known are becoming key components, even over something as simple as how we're going to serve coffee. Yeah, I, I, I realize we we have uh, talked before about having your place, like as a pastor, having your place where you go, and that's kind of the place where you have your meetings, you know the people, they know you. I realized my place. Yeah, Britt uh, did a great job on that. Britt did one, fantastic yeah. on that. And I told him then, I said, I realized that my place was the, was the chicken wing joint in town, and mm-hmm. I I was known so well that when I walked in, they greeted my kids by name before they greeted me. 
And I yeah. went, mm, we should also go work out at the YMCA. Maybe I should be known there as well, too. So Yeah. Well, that's why I love his, he Britt used that phrase, he frequents. Frequents. Yep. These places. I mean, I make it a practice now when I go to the gym that I try to think before I go in there uh, who I might see. And every time I go in, I want to mention one of them by name and go, oh, man, I thought of you this week when I saw or experienced this so that they know that I know them. Everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be noticed. Yes. What did God say is the first thing that's not good? It's not good that man's alone. Alone. Right. And so using these phrases, like in, in our church, that's a phrase people will know. It's not good that man's alone. Right. These are phrases we're going to use, and we're going to use them over and over because that gives us focus. So when someone comes up with an idea, we can often run it through those filters mm-hmm. of our laser focus to say, well, does it meet people where they are? Does it move them closer to Jesus? How Agreed. does that help us provide a place for everyone? How does that impact the fallen and broken world? These phrases that we use, and that's why this can be not restricting, but actually so freeing in the same way that we have freedom in Christ that opens up the world to us, not closes it down for us. Right, 100%. So if you're interested in hearing that conversation that I had with Pastor Britt Wendell of Daybreak Church, go back and listen to episode 14 and 16. It was so good. I had to split it into two episodes. It was absolutely fantastic. Normally when I interview a pastor for the Seats the Streets podcast, I I take 45 minutes to an hour of footage and I kind of edit that down to between 30 to 40 minutes, and I just couldn't bring myself to cut anything out of the conversation with Britt. So episode 14 and 16. Uh, We hope that everything that we've talked about today brings you the ability, again, to move your people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets. Get to the clarity phrase. I I know it's going to take time. It's going to take conversations. It's going to take meetings. Okay, yes, meetings. But it's going to provide a motivational clarity phrase for you to be able to draw on to cast vision and to point back to whenever you get a bit of mission creep, right? And we'll talk later on in a couple episodes about what mission creep looks like. How do you recognize that? And how do you get back to that center? Uh, so if you would like more information on Seats to Streets Church Coaching, you can visit us online at seatstostreets.com and be able to click the Let's Connect tab in the upper right-hand corner. Fill out the dialogue box. We'd love to have a conversation about you or a conversation with you about how we can equip you to move to clarity and find your clarity phrase so that you can go forth and to be able to make disciples who make disciples. All right, Brian, I'm done for the day. I am going to log out, and I'm going to put my feet up. It's been a long week. I don't know about you, but uh, I've got I've just got to get room and ready for the barbecue pictures that I'm going to get and that I'm mm. never going to be able to taste. Thanks a bunch for that, friend. You are welcome. Uh, all right, folks. Take care. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Seats to Streets podcast, a conversation centered around moving your people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.